The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 146, part B. Today is Sunday, June the 30th. I split this week's episode up into two parts because I had a guest host, John the Manimal Benaducci, Bellator fighter, Matt Sarah, second degree black belt, host of the MMA and Beyond podcast. The reason I did this is because the first part was an interview and Manimal loves to talk, as you'll hear listening to part A of this episode. But I wanted to give you guys just the breakdown of the fights. So this episode will be Manimal and I talking about the fights. And he actually cuts out about 20 minutes into this part of the episode because he had already been on for over an hour and he had another obligation. So there's that. And then the rest of it is me breaking down fight night on ESPN3 from Minneapolis, Minnesota. So there you have it. And we'll jump right into the second part of the interview. Let's go. All right, let's get into it then. So, uh, fight night on ESPN three, headlined by Ngannou and Dos Santos. This was in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, Yeah, good luck if you're the guy who had to pick out who gets the fucking bonuses on this one, because this was a firecracker of a card. Let's start at the top, and uh, well, actually, let's not start at the top. Who was the most impressive performance to you last night? Oh shit! I gotta see the fight card in front of me. Um. Let's see. I mean, you know. Well, when you think about last night, which fight jumps to your mind first? I mean, the Engano fight was. Oh, you know who I like actually? Benavidez. Oh, okay, yeah, he looked good. Yeah, he looked good, and that guy was well, much improved too. Yeah, he um, he came back from some adversity, some awesome scrambles in that fight. He's so explosive. Um, you know, for a guy with a guy like Formiga on your back to be able to just explode out of it the way he did, I, I don't Formiga think it was catching him with shots too. Yeah, I don't think people realize how hard that is to do with a with a grappler like Husie Formiga on your back to just be able to explode out of it and turn into him. Yeah, I think he caught my boy Suzuki Formiga. Oh, did he? Good. Yeah, he is. Good. He's very good. Um. Yeah, so that so, was yeah, a good I mean, one. That fight stood out to me. I mean, I like Benavidez. I'm a fan of the 125-pound division. I don't think they should cut it. Yeah, it it's tough yeah. now because you got a champ who, who moved up in weight, and he's now he's hurt, so he's going to be on the bench for a while. Listen, that was a tough fucking fight. Yeah. It's hard not to get hurt in that fight with Mariah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Henry Cejudo, the only person I like better than Henry Cejudo at 135 is Aljamain Sterling. Yeah. That's it. Who, my boy. who, uh, who you my train boy. with yeah, and who is definitely deserving of a title shot. But like I said, but even, even Aljo was on Twitter last night. I saw, he said, if he has to take a backseat to anybody for a title shot, Joseph Benavidez deserves it. I thought that was a stand-up move of Aljo. So he said, if Cejudo went back to 125 to defend the belt against Benavidez, he'd be cool with that. So that made me that like sense. Aljo even more. No, I was a solid 
Yo, let me tell you, I, I train. He teaches a cage wrestling class twice a week. Mm-hmm. All that cage wrestling I was doing. Shout out to the Funk Master. I used it all in the in the cage. You know, I said just do the technique. Mm-hmm. I tell myself a few things. You know, in the in the process, and I just tell myself do the technique. That's it. Just do the fucking technique. You know, yeah. and I, that helps. I tell myself Goldilocks, not too mm-hmm. hard, not too soft, just right. That's, That's a right. good way to look at so it. I tell myself Goldilocks in the corner. Then I tell myself, I say Manimal. And I'm like, be, rel- <laughs> be relentless when you have some be relentless. I tell myself a few things in there, you know? Yeah. There's, um, a of, there's a lot of self-talk in there. You know who could have used some of those cage wrestling classes is Anthony Rocco Martin last night. And this fight infuriated me because here you have Damian Maya in mount. On, on Rocco Martin and Vance Swerden, the referee who should have his license revoked, stood up. Stood him not only stood him up, but grabbed him and pulled him off. Um, he has no business standing this fight up. I mean, you you've been in there, so you might have more of a say on it than I do. But uh, what did you think when when he pulled Maya off of Martin last night? Listen, Maya's mounted. Okay, and I know that the guy was due, they were in a position that was looking stagnant, mm-hmm. right? However, Damian Maya is an isometrically based jujitsu practitioner. His style is slow, you know. <clears throat> so, but very effective. Now mm-hmm. he has the mount. It might take him forty seconds, yeah, to turn that guy off the cage. You got to yeah. give him the time to do that. He's he's achieving positional advantages. It's like watching a a python, you know, kill. Yeah. He, he takes some time to strip to watch how it's moved. It doesn't look super exciting until the fucking thing is dead. Yeah. So Damian Maya doesn't look super exciting. Killing. He's like slow, methodical. Mm-hmm. It took him. It took him. 90 seconds to pass to the mat, you know? Yeah. But his style, that's his style. Who the fuck is the ref to be like, get up? Don't yeah. listen to the crowd. That guy has a style. Right? Yeah. That he's, try- that he's working effectively. And, and what he can't be influenced by the crowd. And what people don't realize, matters. especially the people who are booing, is the whole time he's making his opponent miserable. It might just look like he's holding the guy down, but that pressure of a black belt, the level of Damian Maya on top of you, it hurts. It's uncomfortable. And that's why he's able to slowly creep up in that position is because he makes his opponent uncomfortable. Rocco Martin was miserable up against the cage. He looks totally defeated. And this referee, you know, if Martin gets up and then knocks Maya out, at the end of that round with whatever was left, the 15, 20 seconds, you know, he just robbed Damian Maya of a paycheck right there. He took money out of his pocket. Now, I'm of the opinion the refs shouldn't be standing up fights at all. They shouldn't be breaking up fights against the cage when guys are getting held there too long. Uh, I, I'm i against the referees being involved at all. They're in there to keep the fighters safe, period. Don't do shit besides that. Regulate fouls <laughs> and stop the fight when necessary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep the fighters safe, you know, make sure nobody's doing anything illegal and then get in there when a guy, you know, is getting his ass beat too much. And it, by the way, to change the position, I think changing positions is dumb because let's say two guys are on the feet 
mm-hmm. circling each other for like a minute and no one really does nothing. Yeah. They don't make you go on the ground. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> oh, you guys on the feet, you're not doing nothing. Now you get in his guard. So flip a coin, you get in his guard. Yeah. You don't do that. So why would you do it the other way? Oh, you're yeah. on the ground, not doing that much? Stand up. Mm-hmm. It's like, bro, you don't do that in standing. I've seen some boring stand-up fights. Yeah. In, Ga- in Ganu and the Black Beast. Oh, yeah, that was awful. That awful. was the, that was the one we'd hope to forget about. Ground. That was one that I would have been like, yo, start exchanging guards. <laughs> It'd be kind of, <laughs> it'd be kind of funny if they did it like wrestling. Like the second round, they they, they flip a coin. You got to start in a guy's guard. <laughs> <laughs> Referee position. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I want to stick with this ref and bury him a little more because he was also the ref in the Eric Anders fight, who almost let Vinicius Morea die. Uh. Yo, when the Eric Anders, yo, what weight was he in that fight? Two hundred five. Bro, he looked massive. Yeah. He looked thick. Mm-hmm. And he was explosive. Yeah, that pull, I mean, you got to be on it. The referee has a tough job, first of all, right? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I thought he took every shot counts. I thought he took two or three unnecessary shots. Mm-hmm. And those were hard shots. I mean, Eric Anders, you know, you have to go till the ref stops you. Yeah. That's what sucks about being a ref is is people are only talking about you when you fuck something up. When you're doing a great job, nobody ever. And 90% of the time, they probably do. Yeah, I, I mean, you got guys like Jason Herzog and and uh, Keith Peterson, who I think are are like the best of the best because you're never talking about them. Um, I love my ref in my fight. Did you, I forget his name. The one with the huge beard. Is it Beltran? Mike Beltran? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's another yeah. one. He, that guy's great. His name only comes up when you mention his beard, but he does. He's not. Yeah. He's not fucking he's, he's, fights he's up fair. for people. Yeah, um, I, I was concerned for Morea last night because he was taking some big shots and his head was in that corner between the canvas and the cage, which is like the worst place to take an impact because then it's forcing yeah. the back of your head into that corner and then you, your face is getting smashed. But one thing I want to say about this fight with Anders is his takedown defense. He used like a modified cradle to defend that single leg that Morea was in on. And that's what set up that finishing striking sequence. And I really want to make a point to, to notice that because a lot of the highlight clips I've seen are only showing the ending sequence where he knocked him out. But if he doesn't defend that single leg the way he did, he never gets to that point. Uh, what did you think about Anders wrestling? True, he did look good. Uh, almost a quarter Nelson at first, right? Yeah. I'd have to see the sequence again. How we reverse the position. Yeah, but, and then he uh, dove yeah. for the leg. Yeah, go back and watch that again because it's it, it's really awesome. It, at, at first, I was like, what the hell is he doing? And I see he goes for the cradle, which is dangerous because he's pulling the guy on top of him. But then he rolled through it, gets up, and then blasts him in the face and almost kills him thanks to Vance Swearden. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm going to have to watch the technique on that one again. You know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I like to do that too. Now that I have time not training the body then i can like watch more tape mm-hmm. analyze some techniques work the mind more you can't yeah. be body 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 even though to me they're the same like but you you can go so hard physically but yeah i think you can take a lot more time mentally and then incorporate it into the physical games a lot easier mm-hmm. I, like i love uh you know listen i'm old and older in the game and whether i want to fight again or not mm-hmm. i always want to be able to train and be active yeah right so I look at, uh, what's his name, Tom Brady? 
that guy's old as shit for football. Yeah. And I, I was watching his training, and a lot of his time he spends watching tape. Yeah. He does a lot of work that's not physical. Mm-hmm. Like the physical, maybe he'll put in like three great hours. Nothing extra. It's like yeah. three three good hours of training. Mm-hmm. Perfect hours. No waste. And then the rest, it's like eating smoothies and fucking watching tape. Yeah. And kissing yeah. his son on the lips. You know, yeah. Like <laughs> it's interesting how training has evolved like that because like I read uh, Sylvester Stallone's autobiography and he talked about when he was training for like the Rambo movies and he would work out like all day and then he would get home and like go back to the gym and he's like I was so I was so stressed about having my back on that billboard where they had to remember the old uh, advertisement yeah. for Rambo is like Rambo's back for Rambo yes. 2 First Blood With and the it's gun just, in his side yeah and uh, he's like, I was so paranoid about it. I would go and work out again all night and just like eat a can of tuna fish out of the can and then just keep lifting weights. It's like, but now we know that you can get the and same results. Steroids. Yeah. And oh, steroids. yeah. You think <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the eighties, it was really legal too. So. Oh yeah. But now we know you can get the same results. Like now a lot of trainers are saying like only lift weights for 30 minutes at a time and don't do anything extra. Cause you just, I mean, there's different schools of thought, but we know that you don't have to work out all night <laughs> uh, to, to get in shape. Um, you're uh, probably lo- wasting energy. That, that yeah. You're actually like damaging um, the cells. Well, let's see. What other fights were there that were good last night? Well, let's talk about the main event. We had Nganu and Junior Dos Santos, um, I, th- this one played out exactly how I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be JDS outboxing Ngannou or getting caught with a big shot. I mean, he tried to trade the big shots with him, and he paid for it. He swung and missed with that big overhand right. He got spun around, and then three clean shots behind the ear, and it, you know that's three more than he needed or two more than he needed. Uh, so what did you think about the main event, Animal? I'm disappointed. I would have liked to see a little more action in the fight. Junior Dos Santos, you know, he was trying to to hail Mary it, and I don't mm-hmm. know why. Bro, yeah. listen, if you're gonna go out on your shield, take your time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Listen, you you want to go out on your shield fighting Ngannou because you you think yo I might not be able to take his shot. I'm gonna try to knock him out. Yeah. Bro, you try to knock him out by setting it up with a jab. You know what I'm saying? Like, throw him your jab. Yeah. Actually, they exchanged a couple hard kicks. You know, he hit him with one hard kick and dropped him. I would have tried to kick him in the leg a little more, slow that big dude down. Yeah. You know, and try to pay, yo, be a little patient. Junior Dos Santos didn't fight like a veteran. He's yeah. a veteran. He didn't fight like it. So yeah. It's upsetting sometimes to me. It's like, yo, you're a veteran. Show ve- Be composed. And that's the guy you have to fight like a veteran against. You can't. Mm-hmm. Give that guy a chance, Ngannou. And Ngannou's looking more savvy now. So now you're really going to have to play a smart fight against that guy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Ngannou comes out throwing those leg kicks, which, uh, you know, JDS, he didn't even check those. So those looked, like, really hard. And then, uh, you know, even if he boxed him from the outside and used his head movement to get inside and, and land a couple of shots or push him up against the cage, get his arms filled up with blood. I mean, that, that guy's carrying a lot of muscle. There are a lot of different ways he could have done it, but he played his game and he paid for it big time. 
Um, it, it was sad to see because you know he's a lot more skilled and much more uh, smarter of a fighter than that. I mean, the guy's fought for five world titles. Um, yeah, like why go out and try, you know, yeah, like what was his corner telling him? I know my corner tells me do well what you do well. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm like, yo, do well what you do well. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do that. Plan A. Yeah. To plan A first. If your plan A was try to go toe to toe with the guy, that's not that's, what I would call an intelligent strategy. Yeah, that's a bad plan. But I, I think Especially it's, if, you know, I think it was just it, the it, ego. Maybe. I mean, maybe because Nganu hit him with the big leg kick, so he threw it back at him. Nganu's coming with the big shots, so he's coming with the big shots back at him. He, he fell into his game instead of, you know, doing what he's good and at. Then he, yeah, he, he overthrew that punch so much mm -hmm. and turned him around. And it was, he got hit from behind, awkward as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, good for Nganu, you know? I yeah. I don't know what, what JDS does after this. But, uh, yeah, you know, and it's a shame too because it's two fights in a row with like kind of older champions that they fed to Ngannou. Yeah, you know, Cain Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos, guys that maybe you know aren't there. Cain Velasquez, man, that guy just has a lot of injuries. It's too bad. Yeah, yeah, that like was that a, time, it was like a weird that, ending to that fight. That time away sometimes is important. Even like someone was asking me about what the hell. The old 35-pound champ. Um, fuck, why can't that? Cody Garbrandt. Uh -huh. I was like, he needs to take a year off. Yeah. A year, full year. Full year off he needs to take. Yep. He'll be all right. Without no sparring. sparring. No sparring. Yep. Yep. Full yeah, year off. I agree. Yep. Just let your brain heal. Come back strong. Be patient. Mm -hmm. No, Why is no one fucking patient? That, that's, a, that's a good question. Oh, um. my God. Dude, I am like the lesson in patience. Be a little patient. Okay, you know, sometimes it takes a little fucking time. Yeah. You know, it's not on it's your true. timeline. You, you know, <laughs> the universe has its own timeline. Yeah, you know, that's nature, a good point. Yeah. It does things at its own time. You're not like, oh, I wish it would be summer for 18 months. It's like, no, mm -hmm. summer lasts this long. Yeah. This lasts this long. Yeah, like, there's a timeline <laughs> for it. Yeah. Oh, you know, I wish winter was only a week long in New York. Well, it's not. It's this long. Well, I live in Florida, and winter is a week long. So, <laughs> if you if you want a week long winter, you move to Florida. Uh, <laughs> we have like one week where it gets down to thirties, and then you it's have like hurricane season, right? Yeah, and then hurricane season. But you, hurricane you know, <laughs> you deal with it. It's fine. You deal with it. Yeah, it's fine if you like the wind. Hey. Yeah, I dude, I I was born and raised in New York. I don't know if I told you this. Um, I you moved down here. Yeah, I uh, I was born in Westchester, so um, I I do not miss the cold, man. The first year I moved down here, I had to go back to New York for a wedding uh, in March, St. Patrick's Day wedding, and there was a blizzard when the plane landed, and I was like, fuck this, I'm never coming back. <laughs> I'll, I'll visit New York in the summer, where... It's just as miserable in New York in the summer as it is in Florida. We I get say this all the time. In the, in the center of the universe, you get everything. Yeah. There's everything here. Every season, every temperature, every ethnicity, yeah. every food. There's everything here. Yeah. There's everything you do is everything in New York. That's true. The food. Yeah. That's the only thing. I Favola and food. I were talking about this. The fucking Ooh. pizza, man. You can't find pizza in Florida. It doesn't exist. I, there's Bill, there's stuff that looks like pizza, but it's not. It's not pizza. It's not. Yeah. Bill, I gotta go. 
All right, brother. All right, I gotta get ready for my uh, second podcast tonight. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, guys, follow me at John the Vandal. But I do check out a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Uh, my next training camp's in September in New York, so I'm gonna promote that. I'll wind up doing some more coaching and then figure out what's next uh, in the other realms of existence. Bill, it's been a lot of fun awesome. being on the show. Whenever you want me on for uh, for part two, this was actually a lot of fun. Yeah, let's let's do this again because I, I want to like to talk. <laughs> yeah, so I've heard. Uh, <laughs> I, I listen to MMA and Beyond every week myself, so you guys should definitely check that out if you haven't already. Uh, Manimal, you got any uh, sponsors or shout-outs you want to give or or just to sure, follow on Instagram? Sponsor, yeah, follow on Instagram. Manimal Training Camp uh, is what most of my brand is through. I had some good sponsors for my fight at, at Health Defense, mm-hmm. at CMG CBD, best CBD products. Uh, Elemental Wisdom, some good uh, supplements, New Life Science, and a couple supplement sponsors that came through well. Um, and yeah, just thankful to have uh, the support of my team, Laura MMA, Sarah Jiu-Jitsu, Henzo Gracie Academy. Uh, thank you to my cornerman, Ray Longo, Frivola, and Manny, and of course, I always have to thank my wife. She puts up with me uh, through every, uh, every season of The Animal. It takes a special kind of woman. A special kind of animal too. <laughs> All right, Bill. All right, talking to you. Manimal, Thank you so much for joining, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, brother. Great. Thanks a lot. All right. So that was John the Manimal Beneducci, and I'll continue breaking down these fights here real quick. Um, so most of the fights last night, if you guys didn't see the card, uh, fight night on ESPN three, most of the fights were finishes. There were only, let's see, I want to say two. One, three decisions on this card, which is crazy. Um, but one of them was Vince Pichel and Roosevelt Roberts. Uh, this was one of the best fights on the card. I mean, there were all these crazy finishes, but the grappling exchanges and these guys just going toe to toe and they seem so evenly matched. Uh, Pichel a lot more experienced, and I think that's ultimately uh, what got him the win. And... Uh, really great fight so if you guys miss this card definitely go back and watch that one um i want to mention alonzo menafield had a crazy knockout over paul craig but before that happened something i i don't think i've ever seen before and it was really awkward while bruce buffer was introducing these guys paul craig walked right up to alonzo menafield and they had some kind of some kind of altercation on social media or something where they got in each other's face at the weigh-ins. I don't know what the case was, but Paul Craig was pissed off. So he walks across when he's being introduced by Bruce Buffer and gets in Alonzo's face to the point where Bruce Buffer had to stick a hand in between them and push Paul Craig back. Um, And Alonzo Menafield just played a great game plan. I mean, he got caught up in a clinch early on in the first round and his corner was screaming for him to break away and he wasn't really doing it. You know, like I've been saying this whole episode, uh, ego is a motherfucker. So you get in there and you get your hands on a guy and you feel like, oh, I'm stronger than this guy. I could grapple him. But then Paul Craig goes to pull guard and Alonzo is like, oh, shit, maybe I don't want to go to the ground with this guy because he is very tricky. He is very tricky on the ground. Um, so he he uh, keeps the distance and then puts him down with a pretty quick shot and puts Paul Craig on his butt. And then follows up with just some mean punches from up top and puts him out cold. It was a nasty knockout. So we covered all the fights that got um, 
performance of the night bonuses. Francis Ngannou, Joseph Benavidez, Alonzo Menafield, and Eric Anders, all well-deserving. I would hate to be the guy who had to decide who got bonuses here. So they did away with the fight of the night, and instead they gave out four performance bonuses, and that's how that went. Drew Dober with an impressive TKO victory over Marco Polo Reyes, who uh, is a great striker in his own right. And Drew Dober um, is just looking... Uh, you know, he's, he's looking like a killer lately. Uh, you know, he lost his last fight submission to Benil Dariush, but before that uh, three fight winning streak. And now this is going to give him a little bit of momentum here. Uh, unfortunately for him, he's in, you know, one of the most stacked divisions in the UFC. Uh, let's see. What else? was here uh jared gordon and dan moret this was kind of this was a very back and forth fight uh decision could have gone either way it went to uh, went the way of jared gordon uh okay dalcha lungi ambula the african fighter making his ufc debut he came in with a lot of hype started off kind of slow this guy looks fucking huge uh he he looks gigantic uh, on sure dog they have him as 510 uh last night on the card i think they had him at 58 at 205 um <clears throat> and he got in there with daquan townsend both of these guys have crazy knockout power um so lungi Ambula getting it done in the third round with the tko started off a little slow he showed off uh you know he's got some judo skills from from what it seems like, I I can't confirm this. I don't. I wasn't really. Uh, I wasn't listening to the broadcast at the time. I had the volume off, but uh, judging by the way he controls the upper body uh, in, in the clinch exchanges, it seems like he's he's got a judo background. And this two hundred five pound division is getting exciting again, uh, which is awesome. You know, uh, next week we got John Jones defending his title against Tiago Santos, but we actually have like some competitors on the rise here, which is great because it, the division's just been bone dry for a long time. Uh, Amanda Hivas making her UFC debut in the strawweight division against Emily Whitmire, who's been around the block a couple of times. Uh, very tight grappling from Amanda Hivas here. Uh, her back control, she was basically on Whitmire's back for most of the first round. Uh, if you are a fan of women's MMA and grappling, uh, definitely go back and check out this prelim fight. So she finishes in the second round with a rear naked choke, just relentless with her grappling. And Whitmere did a good job of defending in that first round, but ultimately couldn't avoid the submission. Uh, and then we had big Maurice green knocking out junior Albini in the first round. And that was the curtain jerker of the card. Awesome card overall. If you guys decide not to tune in for this one, um, then I, I don't know what to tell you. Go, go back and try and check it out. Uh, I don't know where you could see it. If I don't think it's on the ESPN app because this was actually on ESPN on TV. It was actually hard for me to watch it at first because I tried to pull it up on the app. It didn't work. I tried to watch it on the laptop, but my cable provider wasn't showing it. Um, so that was that, but great card. Uh, up and down some awesome finishes uh you know not a ton of implications in terms of uh rankings except for the main event and maybe the cold main event depending on what happens with henry cejudo but 
uh yeah just solid solid fights all night uh, so hopefully i gave you guys some direction as to uh what to watch next well, let's talk about next week real quick i know it's been a long episode maybe it'll be two episodes maybe i'll leave it as one i don't know i haven't decided yet i don't make these decisions on the spot i'm just talking it through with you guys so next weekend july 6th we have ufc 239 john jones defending his light heavyweight championship against tiago santos who has just been on an absolute tear since moving up to 205 i mean he was a monster at middleweight but at 205 he's just way more scary i don't know what to tell you guys um uh outside of a puncher's chance he shouldn't win this fight uh john jones is just so good everywhere and you know Tiago Santos is powerful and he's a great striker. Jones has been in there with guys who are more powerful and who are more technical strikers. So if John Jones is taking this fight lightly, which I doubt, and Santos is able to catch him, uh, you know, there's that possibility. But John Jones has such a high fight IQ um, that, and he has such a great camp around him that I don't see him going into this without the game plan to win the fight. Uh, and this card is stacked next weekend. This is actually a really amazing card. Amanda Nunez defending her bantamweight championship against Holly Holm. Of course, she holds titles in two divisions. It's an interesting fight. Uh, Holly Holm, I, I don't know why she's getting a title shot. Um, I guess it's because she has the name recognition, but she's won two of her last six fights. Um, and her last win was not even in a division that she's uh, fighting for the title in. So uh, I don't know. I I mean, I, I know how the game goes. It's all business and marketing and she's got a name and, and we got to, you know, get somebody in there with Nunez that a, she hasn't beaten and two, a and two uh, and B uh, you know, has, has that name recognition, Ben Askren and Jorge Masvidal. This is an awesome fight. Uh, so of course, Ben Askren still undefeated. Don't forget that. And, and um, Masvidal coming off of that epic knockout win over Darren Till. So Ben Askren basically called out the winner of that last fight, but only if it was Darren Till. So, Masvidal got pissed at him before that fight happened. Then he knocked out Darren Till. Now he's even more pissed at Ben Askren. He just thinks he's a punk. Um, so he's pissed off. Ben Askren is, you know, his same corny self. And he's been pretty quiet as far as promoting this fight. Uh, I don't know what that really says. It, I don't think he's afraid to say anything about Masvidal. But, you know, he's not, he, he's not totally been himself lately. Uh, Luke Rockhold making his uh, light heavyweight debut against Jan Blahovic. This is an awesome fight. Um, you know, two guys who are really great grapplers. Luke Rockhold, a very creative striker, drops that lead hand though, and Jan Blahovic very tight with his striking. Um, so Rockhold is the more creative striker. It might have more power than Blahovic at light heavyweight, but he also takes more risk by dropping that lead hand. So. Uh, we'll see how that one goes. Michael Chiesa and Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez, who has had just 35 career revivals uh, getting in there against Chiesa. Uh, Chiesa might be the more technical grappler here, but 
Uh, one, I don't think you're going to submit Diego Sanchez. And two, Diego is just such a nightmare on the feet. Um, I would tend to favor him in this fight, but, you know, Kiez is uh, pretty big and, and uh, creative in this welterweight division. So there's that. Gilbert Melendez coming back. He hasn't fought in a while against uh, Arnold Allen, who I believe only has a couple of fights. He's 14 and one. He's got, oh, he's got five fights in the UFC. So he's five and oh in the UFC. Um, yeah, man, a risky fight for old Gil here. Uh, you know, Arnold Allen is, is, uh, and, and Gilbert Melendez on a four-fight losing streak, unfortunately. That's sad to see because this is a guy who I consider to be a legend. Um, but, you know, hopefully he's able to right the ship here against uh, the the 25-year-old Allen, who is very well-rounded, too. So of his, of his uh, wins, they're pretty well split between knockout submissions and decisions. So uh, he can do it all, and he's at a TriStar. So, you know, he's getting good training. Um, let's see. The hits keep on coming. Sean O'Malley and Marlon Vera. I don't know if that fight is still happening because Sean O'Malley has some USADA issues. Uh, Claudia Gadalia, we're down in the prelims now, if you believe it. Claudia Gadalia and Random Marcos, that's an awesome strawweight fight. Uh, Alejandro Perez and Yadong Song, that's a fun fight. Uh Jack Marshman and Edmund Shabazian. You're going to want to tune in for all of these fights. Uh, that's a fucking banger right there. Jack Marshman, Edmund Shabazian. Make sure you guys catch that one. If you don't catch any of the other, um, uh, catch any of the other uh, fights. Um, uh, nothing else really jumping out. Panny Kianzad, who is on the ultimate fighter. Uh, and Julia Vila is the first fight of the, of the night. Uh, I don't plan on missing any of these fights. This is an awesome card. Um, all right, guys, it's been, it's been a long morning for me and it's, well, we're into afternoon now, but, um, so scotch month is starting next week because this is the last episode in June. Uh, Thursday is the 4th of July. So I hope everybody has a fun and safe 4th of July, whatever you do. Uh, to celebrate the birthday of these great United States of America. Uh, as always, it's a great opportunity to thank those who uh, keep us safe and keep us free. So all the military, active, and veterans, and also the emergency services, the firefighters, the police, EMTs, uh, the nurses, the medics, uh, the doctors, you know, everybody doing their part to keep us free and safe here in these United States of America. I want to thank John the Manimal uh, Benaducci for uh, joining me here today, breaking down some fights and sharing his story with us. He really does have an awesome story. And if you guys have never heard the MMA and Beyond podcast with Manimal, uh, Steve Maraboli, and Ray Longo, it really is great. I listen to it every week myself. Um, and they come out on Mondays, which is a, a great time to put out a podcast. That's why I put mine out on uh, on Sunday night or they maybe they put theirs on Sunday night too but I always catch it Monday morning because um, it's just there uh, downloaded in my Apple podcast so thanks to Manimal and uh, thank you guys for tuning in thank you for dealing with me last week being sick and tired and I was sick and tired this week too but 
Um, you know, I had Manimal's help reviving me a little bit. All right. So next week we're going to kick off scotch month. July will be scotch month and we got some fun stuff to talk about. Okay. A bit of an afterthought here. Make sure to check out part a of this episode, which is the interview portion with John, the Manimal Beneducci. And that's all we got for this week until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye.